My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, Shack House friends. Let's get things started with a word from our good friends at Callaway Golf, the makers of the number one fairway woods in golf. And we've got woods to give away. You know, the latest Red Hot Fairway Wood from Callaway is a supercharged version of a name you might be familiar with if you've been playing the game for a little while. The new Steelhead XR Fairway Wood continues the Steelhead tradition with a recontoured Hawkeye sole and explosive face cup technology. Steelhead XR is longer and more versatile than ever and available now. So get out and hit some Steelhead XRs at your nearest golf shop today. It's the number one Fairway Wood in golf and it is the gift of a few fine prognosticators of the Open Championship, right, House? Outstanding performance by four Shaq House listeners. We're going to name names. We had a little contest, Shaq. We asked for the cut line and how many players were going to make the cut. We had four winners that we are very pleased to give away the Steelhead XR Fairway Wood. You guys are getting three woods. Congratulations to Mike Santangelo, Brandon Holiday, Dan Nemiroff, and Anoop Anakal. Anoop, we need your email, my brother, so we can connect with you and get you your beautiful Steelhead XR Fairway Wood. But... I, my own self, Shaq, do not yet have this club. I'm ordering an extra one for myself. Oh, oh! did you tell uh, Harry there were five winners instead of four? Is that what you What? How dare you? Let's get into the Shaq House <laughs> on the Ringer Podcast Network. House, greetings from Los Angeles, home of the uh, 2028 Olympic golf, maybe if there is golf still then. And you, uh, Darvish, too, is uh, now going to be making his home in Los Angeles. How you doing today? I'm fine, except for the you, Darvish news, and I refuse to talk <laughs> baseball. This is a golf podcast, Shaq. I'm, I'm a little salty right now. I want my team's pitching staff to get oh. uh, a little bit better. But in yeah. any event... Well, welcome back to the United States of America. You were abroad for what felt like a month. It was only, how long was it? Two weeks? Three two, weeks? Just a little over two weeks. Yeah, it was a good time. A lot of fun. Nice to be reacquainted with uh, vegetables that are green and a few other uh, food items that I, I sorely missed. You brought back a cold. I did. I did, which was charming. Uh, thanks to all the, the the fine folks coughing in the uh, in, in the airplane. That was that was lovely. Uh, but it was, you know, what's fun. House is uh, to to go over there and and enjoy all that, and then to have it be one of those. It's clearly one of those special opens because you know people are still talking about it. They still want to talk about speed. They want to talk about Matt Kuchar, which I think is great because he played so beautifully. And then uh, they want to talk about the career Grand Slam, which I th- I'm, I love. I think it's a fascinating accomplishment. But I'm amazed how many people who are just casual golf fans are intrigued by it. I, I, I guess it's probably in part because we've always been intrigued by it in tennis as well, that it's a, it's a, 
it speaks to somebody who could play on all different surfaces and and uh i think that's i think that's really cool for golf now we have actually two players both young who have a a great chance to uh to accomplish it well all credit to our brother jordan spieth because we talked about this uh in advance of in the run-up to the british open which of the young cats out there are going to seize the bull by the horns are we mm-hmm. were we going to have another brand new winner or one of these young guys that have already uh put a major on their resume, going to get out there and, and double down a little bit. And Jordan, you know, uh, not just the wire-to-wire win, but obviously the dramatic back nine, served notice that there is a guy who belongs on the historical leaderboard. We're talking names like Nicholas and, and, and Tiger Woods, and he's still, you know, young cat. I mean, the buzz is going to continue, Shaq. And, you know, I, we observed – in our wrap-up show, um, that there seemed to be a lot of Sunday action during the the Open Championship broadcast. There was the Twitter was hot, you know, the other yeah. uh, social media was hot with with Open Championship, and it was borne out by the ratings. I understand. Yeah, yeah, we. This is really an amazing thing that happened with the the final numbers uh, for for NBC's Open Championship coverage to have actually beaten the U.S. Open. Uh, it's the first time since the numbers have been kept by Nielsen, that that's happened. Um, it's obviously, uh, it speaks a little bit to Spieth's uh, drawing power, I think. It speaks a little to uh, maybe Aaron Hills not having had quite the the cachet that other U.S. Open venues have. I don't I don't know if that's the case, but that's just my, my instinct. Although, as we talked about on a previous show, the course came off uh really well because of the way Fox made it look in fact maybe maybe even better than it came off to the people in person but either way it's interesting a lot of people house have pushed back at me uh knowing that I was kind of critical of the USGA's Fox deal that uh well of course cuz people are at home in the morning watching TV and and <laughs> instead of in the middle of the day well you know the US Open's traditionally been on in the late afternoon for a long long time and it's never was f- even something that anybody could fathom that it would never uh, that it would be the fourth uh, of the of the majors in terms of ratings now the PGA could be a it could be a monday finish it could be a a weird leaderboard and get a, a worse rating but there's not much going on in august and the PGA has done very well the last few years and so it's likely that the US Open will end up being the least watched of the four majors which um which is which is uh does not really shed very good light either on uh, some of the former USGA executives who said that the uh US Open would uh under Fox would would get bigger ratings than the Masters that would that would have been Glenn Nagar the former president so uh, anyhow but I just think it's more importantly for for the the immediate uh state of things it's exciting that that Speeth draws in uh, a few more eyeballs, I think. I, I don't. I don't think. I mean, well, you were out playing some golf uh, last week. Did you kind of pick up some some people buzzing a little bit about that the the event and the way it came off? Absolutely. I mean, folks uh, love a, a a great story, and you know, it would have been a good enough story just the wire to wire win by Spieth, and and uh, you know. The moment that we're at in the golf season, uh, because last year was such a weird schedule with the intervention yeah. of the uh, Olympics and where the PGA fell on the schedule, we're now in returned back to sort of what feels like a more traditional kind of golf schedule. But we're still, you know, the the Open Championship just finished, and we're less than ten days out now from uh, the PGA. Which is, is cool because it means that we're going to be having this story about Spieth and, uh, you know, we would have been talking about Rory even if he didn't make news for yet another very curious decision uh, just today, I think it was. Yep. Um, but we'll like, you that. know, w- w- the, the Rory Spieth and Quail Hollow and, you know, um, who has the... Who has the belt right now? Um, discussion and and what uh, Spieth is is capable of achieving um, in terms of the career Grand Slam, right on right in front of us. Um, something that we would be talking about anyway um, over the next ten days. So I, the folks that I was with last week, the golfers that I was with, um, loved Spieth's performance, loved the the drama of it all. Everybody felt, you know. Um, not, nobody felt bad for Kuchar, but everybody respected the hell out of Kuchar's performance. 
and um, you know the the way he finished and the the classy way that uh, all of his post uh, tournament comments have have come out and his reaction to it and his honoring um, his commitment to the Canadian Open. You know, everybody respects the hell out of that too. So it's just very cool moment right now. Yeah, it's one of those bizarre uh, situations where Matt Kuchar might best be remembered not for winning a player's uh, or a memorial and a, a, a bronze medal in the first Olympic golf in 100 in some four years, but for a second place in the Open, it's one of those weird um, uh, things. I think that'll be the case just because it seems like it's going to be a, an Open that resonates for a long time. Now, the one thing that I've still gotten a lot of pushback, even though we addressed it quite a bit. The rules of golf are are creating news and making news in ways that I think really do not reflect necessarily well on the game. And and a lot of people were really uh, taken aback by the way Spieth used the rules. And so I, I actually did a blog post as a follow-up uh, on the, in the amount of time he took and um, and then just also defending. You know, I think the first thing people forget is he took a penalty stroke and then he used the rules to his advantage. However, and House, I know you were out, and you, I, I know that, that you, you DVR'd the U.S. Junior Girls, and you just haven't caught up to watching it yet on, um, on the, on the uh, your I list watched of, this. I know what you're talking about. I watched Miss Moon and Miss Shepard. Did, you didn't watch it live. You saw the That's video online. I did not watch okay, it live. My, I'd be worried if you were recording the U.S. Junior Girls. Uh, nothing, I'm glad Fox is televising it, but it was not high on the list of of uh, things to be watching i don't think over the weekend for a lot of sports fans um but so we have this just kind of this general sense that that players uh, are are struggling with the rules in different ways either they're taking advantage of them in ways that, that make us uncomfortable or they're not really understanding them very well and 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 it's fascinating to me as a longtime uh sort of viewer of of the rules controversies and connoisseur of them that so much of the immediate reaction is is hostility towards the rules so uh, in speed's case there were people who weren't happy with the way he took advantage of the unplayable lie and they then projected that on the rna and the usga either for not marking out of bounds or for whatever um, so then we fast forward to this U.S. Junior Girls situation, uh, which which was uh, the semifinal match, and um, young lady uh, uh, Elizabeth Moon had a short putt. It took a vicious break, and if she makes it, she wins the match, um, and she misses it, and she um, before her opponent can. I mean, her opponent did turn and walk towards the next green just briefly, but she was already raking the ball back and. And it, it was, you know, loss of hole. She did putt out. She didn't. It wasn't conceded. And it's a very simple thing. And House people just, just lit into her opponent, Erica Shepard, who went on to win the U.S. Junior Girls, for uh, multiple uh, uh, apparently violations of some sort of code of contact conduct that I'm not aware of. And her caddy for pointing out that the putt wasn't conceded. It was uh, it was just a fascinating thing to watch how people even here we have a you know a seventeen year old uh, girl uh, thrown into a ridiculous situation. It's not her fault that her opponent uh, was just mindlessly raking the ball back to try the putt again, and yet she got slaughtered on on Twitter. It was terrible. I, I'm I'm glad that I missed all of that. It is the to me the worst. Uh, aspect of Twitter. It's not new yeah. news that that Twitter can suck and most of the time does suck. I I found that in the entirety of that fake controversy because it wasn't controversial at all. The young lady made a, a mental lapse, broke the rules, and lost the match as a result. Yeah, it's a mistake that she won't repeat. It is a fundamental match play, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. element Tenet. that the yep. putt has to be conceded and and she just yeah. had a, a momentary lapse that's fine it happens uh we can all move on there's nothing controversial about it her opponent wasn't given the opportunity to concede the putt she didn't yell immediately after miss moon missed the putt miss shepherd didn't immediately you know as the ball was still rolling by the hole yell out that's good you know so i don't yeah. think she she should be there's no no proper criticism whatsoever especially 17 year old girl so i don't want to talk about that 
any further, to be honest with you. No, no, no. I find it's the just, whole thing it's, unseemly. It's more that we we have this. We're I, we're just going to keep having these situations, and I think that's the key thing. That that there is uh, a hostility right now towards the rules, uh, and when they are cruel, like they were in this case, people get mad. But then when there's a situation like Charlie Hoffman, where he took advantage of the rules. Uh, or Jordan Spieth even taking advantage of the rules. Um, there's also a, a hostile reaction towards them, and I think it's it's just something that the the sport. I'm not sure what the answer is and how you deal with it because um, these things then, as you know, get picked up by other uh, sp- uh, sports uh, programming, and and they have fun with it. That look at these goofballs in golf obsessing about this. You know, a girl. Uh, didn't putt out a three uh, incher and therefore uh, she she lost. Isn't that ter- isn't that terrible? Uh, so I, it's just going to be an ongoing problem. And um, well, that's not that this particular thing is unavoidable to me, right? I don't. It, it's a rule of golf. It's a rule of match play. Um, it's not a secret that that that's the the, the concession um, works a cert a certain way. And you know. Uh, I don't think that there's anything about the way that the governing bodies approach match play or that the kids that play in match play approach it that that would change that outcome. Man. The the young lady, Miss Moon, made him made him had a mental lapse. That's all. There, she knew the rule and she she violated it. And that's yeah. it. Well, I'm just saying, just watch. Now, now, now you don't want to go. Do you want to go down the rat hole of the Charlie Hoffman using the bunker liner thing or not? I thought the broadcast and this is kind of a larger thing. I thought the broadcast of the Canadian Open was exceptional in one particular way. The the audio quality of the players on the golf course during the round was exceptional. It was outstanding hmm. and as a result, I now have <laughs> all the way up at the top of my list Kevin Chapel is my dude. Like we might have to get Kevin Chapel on this podcast because I love that dude. Not only for the commentary, the running commentary on the Hoffman thing, but also his uh, his commentary uh, during the whiff that, that he committed. Yeah. Um, you know, during during play, you know, when he was attempting a, a, a highly difficult, big degree of difficulty punch out, and he missed the ball altogether, and he called it all on himself. I just thought all of that. Um, was fascinating, and I also very much liked hearing the players with their caddies talking through strategy and how yeah. they have things sort of categorized in their uh, in the in the books um, that they're they're you know the the yardage book, yeah, yeah, the yardage book, exactly. Of course, we have the green reading books as well now too. So that, we, this we is have, why I, I, I hesitated yeah. before I I misspoke. But in any event, the Hoffman thing is ludicrous. That is one of those deals, to quote Mike Tyson. Yes, I said ludicrous. <laughs> That's one of those deals where those of us who play the game, you know, uh, for, for, for enjoyment, for, for competition, for amongst ourselves, we never would fathom in a million years p- approaching the game uh, the way that, that, that Charlie did and even well, now- raising the question. Well, now let me let me defend him a little bit because when I watched it live, I went, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" But then I went back, replayed it, and 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 CBS uh, Peter Costas misrepresented what he was requesting, and I, you know, my guess is Peter had somebody talking in his ear and couldn't hear the audio that you were raving about, but. Charlie uh, initially didn't, so he had a buried lie in a bunker. And he went to take his stance, and, and he, he couldn't really dig in because they put these new re- concrete liners under the bunkers to prevent contamination and to help keep sand in the face. Um, they have a few different uses. I don't care for them for a number of reasons, but uh, they're very popular, and they just redid their bunkers. So Charlie could not dig in, and so it was his caddy who kind of – because he initially said, you know, I, I, I don't get relief from this. And it was his caddy who asked for the, uh, the official – uh, to come out, and obviously Charlie made the formal request, and Kevin Chappell was watching this whole thing, and the official really didn't want to give him relief, and it was just a bizarre scene. Gary Young, the, the official, was kind of resisting, but then he eventually, yeah, you know, he had to cave because he went to go put in a tee, and it was, it was showing that this concrete stuff was exposed, and Charlie couldn't take a stance, and so he got his drop, and, and then Kevin... I, you know, sarcastically, but I think a little bit, I think there was a little passive aggressiveness in there and pointing out 
uh, the ridiculousness of the drop and kind of uh, joking about it. But it was one where then they're all laughing about it, and you could just feel uh, other players or caddies or or other golfers, like you said, everyday golfers going, wait a second, I would never get that. Uh, that's that's a joke. I, I would never get relief from My buddies would never say, oh, yeah, the Billy uh, Bunker lining uh, prevented you from getting, digging in in your stance, and therefore, uh, yeah, you get relief. So, it, it, And it's the second time now. Brandon Grace did it at the Wentworth event in uh, May. Actually, there was a third instance, and I'm drawing a blank on who it was. So this is the new thing. You know, we got bunker liners and we don't like our lie. We get relief kind of thing. And I and I don't want to pick on Charlie because uh, Ch- Charlie went into that making very clear initially. He he wasn't even thinking that. And you know, and then it when he realized, oh wait, maybe I'm gonna get get a get some relief here. I'm gonna make my case. So whatever, I don't blame him for that. Yeah, and I, I'll say this: I like Charlie Hoffman. I root for Charlie Hoffman. I enjoy watching him play golf. I thought his uh, Thursday round of the Masters. Mm-hmm was perhaps the best round of golf this entire 2017 golf season. It was an incredible round. Yep. Um, and it was pretty apparent that he did not uh, approach that lie with the idea at the outset that he was going to run in there charging hard at relief. It's just that takeaway that these guys play a game with which I am unfamiliar, and I'm talking about the way that they apply well, the rules. And that's the danger. That's the danger, yeah. that if you reach this point where golf has always had a relatability aspect that that we love as viewers because they are sort of playing the same game. When we start wondering, are they really just playing a different game and different rules, well, then why not Why not have different rules for equipment too? And, and, and then there becomes this divide that the – people in golf have always resisted and it's already kind of there and so i think that's the overall point is that there there is a a potential danger in that losing that uh relatability i think it's lost yeah anyway well hey on that happy note uh before we (laughs) continue let's take a break i hope you were playing some chrome softs uh last week you know it the yeah, ball good. that changed the ball, Jeff Shackelford. Yeah, it's long. It's incredibly soft. It's unbelievably easy to control. Uh, for me, it was unbelievably easy to lose over in the UK. And so oh, there's no. there's some nice Truvis all over the uh, native roughs of, of uh, Turnberry and Prestwick. But, uh, hey, I, I'm just spreading the gospel of, of the Chrome Soft and the Truvis by losing the balls in the rough. Not the ball's fault. That was the, uh, the person hitting them. So, hey, but... We know that the Chrome Soft is why golfers everywhere are changing to it and seeing their games reach new heights, or at least uh, saving a few bucks and playing a premier ball uh, in golf. It's the uh, incredible performance. It's the dual soft fast core, which I know carried you to that 41 on the front nine. Uh, and it's one of the things head. that's uh, made Callaway the uh, fastest growing golf ball brand since 2013. So, yeah. Get out and uh, try Chrome Soft if you haven't. And, of course, as you know, I always recommend the Truvis because uh, it's such a cool ball. It's that soccer ball-looking pattern that makes the ball look bigger than it really is. So, well, anyway. Yeah, I love the Truvis, too. I will tell you, Shaq, I and my own self was playing with Chrome Softs with the logo of oh. the College of the Holy Cross, my alma mater. And one of the nice things about the Chrome Soft is the ability to drop whatever logo you want on it. And that yeah. logo, I'm telling you, warmed my heart as I was smacking around out there, four over, five over, six over at Friar's Head. Yeah, Daddy, getting the, oh, the, the job done. It was Friar's Head. Yeah, we're getting to the <laughs> tough, well, tough look, place. Let's also to take a quick second to say hello to our good pals at SeatGeek. Everybody knows that buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing but there is a better simpler way to buy and that is with SeatGeek it is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to live events SeatGeek has a seamless mobile experience that allows you to buy and sell tickets in just two taps just like that SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices fully guaranteed SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. Plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, Shack House listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click 
add a promo code and enter promo code HOUSE. That is H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. Today, make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA Golf and beyond. Did you have a caddy at Friars Head, or did you carry? Oh or? yeah, no, no, we had oh. a, we had a caddy. We walked. And did with you the caddy, did, yeah. did you keep We're the gentlemen? caddy the whole round, or did you fire him mid round? <laughs> no, I, no I asked, the young man. You... <clears throat> we had we had Danny. Uh, Danny was outstanding. Oh, okay. Danny. Uh, <laughs> and so he, we we kept him the whole round. A caddy named Danny. That's really pretty uh, good. Yeah. Pretty good. That's smart. That's smart of him. Yeah. Uh, well, I just ask because you don't seem like the firing type, and neither did Rory McIlroy until he can JP Fitzgerald. Apparently, according to Andrew, both of uh, Reuters broke the story, uh, which is interesting in itself. Andrew's not; he's moved to an editorial job. He used to be the Reuters golf guy, and he broke this uh, story this morning. And Rory's camp has not denied it. He will not speak until Wednesday this week at the Firestone, the WGC Bridgestone. And um, I got to tell you, House, it's just another bizarro move on his part. I just, I, it's like the guy just can't get out of his own way. I just can't believe it. He here, here he has his fourth place finish at the Open after a horrible start. Uh, he credits his caddy with giving him a little, a little slap and a little kick in the hey. Yeah. Kicking the rear? Kicking the yeah. rear? Going, hey, you're Rory McIlroy here. What are you doing jerking around playing like this? It got him going. And he, you know, that takes, that's not over nine years. You know, it's not easy for a caddy to do that. And that's that's what happens when you have a nine-year relationship like they have. And you have the trust. And a lot of people have been dying for him to be fired forever. Uh, Why? Oh, they think he's responsible for bad yardages, or he's not—he doesn't keep Rory in line. And I get all that. You know, maybe there, maybe Rory needs a, a Steve Williams to to a drill sergeant. But on the other hand, maybe he doesn't respond to somebody like that. You know, we've people have wondered the same about Dustin Johnson. Should he have somebody other than his brother who's tougher and this and more efficient? And well, that could backfire too. You did, you know, so much about canning. It's such a fascinating art. You know, there's nothing like it in pro sports. It's, uh, you have to be, you have to know when to speak up. I mean, look at, look at Michael Greller and Spieth, what they've developed and how Greller, we find out these little pep talks he's given him about you know look you belong with michael jordan and michael phelps uh your buddies in cabo on the on the same mantle like wow that's uh that takes some some balls to to give a speech like that but that's what you get when you build up a long-term partnership and so here he is so okay so let's say fine it wasn't working in rory's mind how do you do it at this point in the year you you got two big tournaments left on the tour uh, in terms of the, the WGC and, and the PGA Championship. I mean, really important in terms of wanting to win majors. And then you have the playoffs, which are nice, and the race to Dubai, and um, all nice, and money and all that. But uh, why not wait till the end of the year? I, I just don't get it. It's, this like is, this, it. it's just bizarre. Yeah, well, this we've been asking that question all season long with Rory. <laughs> what, what are you doing, and, and, and why this peculiar timing? Um, we asked it in connection with what felt like uh, a return to the course a, a hair too early. You know, maybe he wasn't all the way healed um, from his rib injury, and we know that that was the case because he had to take off some more weeks. We were very, very puzzled by the announcement of a change in equipment after the Masters, or coincident with the Masters, and and now and now this and the the thing that is concerning is this is a dude still in his twenties who's using up the entirety of a golf season yeah, and four, yeah. four opportunities uh, at, 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 you know, burnishing his, his yeah. exactly that is what should be his physical and, and psychological mental peak. And he's, it's, it's going to end up as a, a wasted year potentially, unless he goes out and burns down quail hollow, in which case we'll be saying, Whoa, there right. is, and, and, there yeah, is Rory. Maybe he will. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's a great place for him. And and I meant to mention that, I, and we can get into this next week too when we, we preview the PGA, but it's obviously a great place for him. I think it's the worst. I think the PGA is going to be the hardest one for Spieth to pick up as the uh, final leg of the Grand Slam. I don't think it's super hard, but it, it, to me it's the least 
usually the least interesting course and and the most and the least interesting setup in terms of firmness and strategy. Uh, it's for for somebody like Spieth who feeds off of that. Uh, but it's a sensational place for for Rory who who tends to like to uh, try to overpower a course and um, and tends to like softer golf courses. So yeah, you're right. He may just he may just uh, he may prove us wrong. But you know when you look at where we are and look at in the women's game where Lydia Ko is uh, now after same thing caddy firing club switch uh, teacher switch and and suddenly she goes into the women's British and uh, you know she's missing cuts it's it's uh, it's a cruel game you have to be right. careful how you handle these things. I feel like we've beaten Rory to death yeah, this we season have. and yeah. I I was you know very bullish on his prospects. Uh, after the Thursday, um, 32 that he threw up there yeah. that, that, you know, and then he came out and had an outstanding performance on Friday. So, so impressive that I allocated a little capital to, to him Friday evening, uh, on a, on a bet to win. Um, and he wasn't able to, to maintain, he didn't take advantage of Saturday the way a bunch of other guys did, yeah. uh, but still fourth place after what he opened with. Uh, Thursday, you know, gives you a, a a pretty good feeling for for the possibility of him rounding into form. But another very weird intervening thing that seems like it might have uh, an impact. But on the other hand, who knows? Uh, yeah, maybe it'll be a jump start. Well, we'll see. I, I uh, I'm hearing rumblings that he's he's going to go to a, a possible buddy as a caddy. Um, uh, one of his lads, we'll see if that, that's who he ends up with. Uh, it would kind of fit his, uh, uh, his MO. I, I don't know if that's really, uh, gonna, well, gonna do the job, but we'll see. So I'm going to repeat. I want him to play well. I want him oh, yeah. at the peak of his of powers. Course. I just, so well, hopefully... I do too. And I, I don't understand this, uh, inconsistent career management kind of thing. But, you know, I also think this is what happens when you kind of turn your management in-house, that you don't have somebody who sits there and goes, now, wait a second now. Uh, this is, is this the best idea, really, uh, that you could come up with, blaming the caddy midseason? But, yeah, anyway. Oh, well. Do you want to just quickly hit on the, uh, the the Bridgestone this week? You know, it's, it's, it's not one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I love that it's, you know, the field. We have two consecutive weeks of, of, of outstanding fields. Yeah. Um, and I do like the parallels between this golf course and what folks are imagining yes. out, of, out of Quail Hollow. I have two guys that I like this week. I'm obviously riding Kevin Chapel because yeah, what, yeah. what he just did, uh, not just I, – I love where his head is at. That's really it as much as anything. It's, it's kind of silly to say it, and I understand. No, no, you know, no. I haven't sat down and, and um, dug into the deep analytics to see how he's performed over the years in this event. Um, I just love where, where, where he's at, and I'm rooting for him now. I, I, this is what the thing. I want a guy that I can root for. No, he's his a great odds, guy, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and his odds are, are uh, very appealing. They're all the way down here, 60 to 1. I mean, that's worth a taste, don't you think? Just a little yeah, taste. Yeah, the way he's playing, certainly, yeah. Yeah, and the other guy that I like that I think um, is finally sort of trending into a zone where I'm willing to think about allocating a touch of capital is John Rahm. I oh. like John Rahm on, on a, on a, on a, uh, in a ballpark like this. Okay. I think Bubba has shown us, and I, I, I saw Bubba at 70 to 1. Bubba's still not no. quite showing the four-round consistency that I'm, I'm, makes me want to go ahead and, and invest in him. But I like John Rahm as Bubba Light or Young Bubba or whatever you want to call him. Maybe Rahm wouldn't like me likening him to Bubba <laughs> no, at all. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> well, Bubba does have two masters, so we won't but be at, too at harsh. But at 22 to 1 in this ballpark, I like what Rahm brings to the table in terms of, you know, you can get out of trouble a little bit here at this place um, with strength and, uh, you know, the, the, the fire that he's bringing to the table. Um, that's my other guy. Yeah, well, Dustin Johnson's going to win, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> he's, he's back. He's starting. You're to not going to hear game. no argument out of me, brother. Yeah, he's 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 back to trending, and this is his time of year. Warm weather hits at about 400 yards, and and uh, but you know it's a it's a good field. It's an interesting field. I I, I don't know if people really ever understand the makeup of this WGC. And just to be clear, I don't like WGCs because they're they're small fields. And small fields end up traditionally giving they they 
can give you uh, one-sided tournaments. And uh, but it's a strong field. You have uh, Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup teams, and you have players from the Japan Golf Tour, Australasian, South African, um, uh, Asian Tour. Yeah, you, know, you get a few different uh, players from around the world in this one, and uh, and then fifty of the top fifty. So it's uh, that's certainly promising. And then, as you said, it gives us a great little preview of what what to expect at at, uh, <clears throat> at Quail Hollow. Picks, just Dustin. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. Dustin okay. and Kevin. Those were my two, and you right, uh, you took right. one of them. And I'm probably going to stick with those two pretty hard going into the PGA, unless they uh, unless they get hurt this week. Okay. I, I I think that's just going to be a great place for for both of them. And Kevin really is due, I think, to to break through in a in a major. He's he's uh, he's he's had some moments, and and it's just uh, he's just really really talented, and he's smart. And uh, takes a lot of information in. He's one of those kinds of players, and uh, takes good care of himself. He's he's can can keep up with the young guys. That whole thing. Of course, he is a young guy, which is absurd. But uh, UCLA Bruin, and and uh, so anyhow. And I, I I would love to someday we'll get to hear what his his real thoughts were on that Charlie Hoffman drop. But uh, he he was <laughs> I, maybe and maybe they were just what they were. That he was laughing at it, and they're friends and. But he he pretty facetiously pointed out that that was uh, quite the quite the great break. Um, House, all right. So I uh, have uh, some thrilling breaking news. Uh, actually, it's really not resonating that strongly with anybody in Los Angeles. But we're going to have the 2028 Olympic Games, uh, and it's a long way off. So we we're not going to really focus on that. But I am curious, as a sports fan, uh, the IOC in uh, kind of trying to reinvent the games in certain ways to appeal to the kids, has introduced three-on-three basketball and a few other uh, what they see as younger, cooler, hipper, faster, shorter, whatever, versions of some other sports. Meanwhile, of course, we are waiting anxiously for golf's uh, format reinvention for 2020, 2024 now, and maybe if golf is still in the games in 2028, uh, what they will present. And uh, I don't have high hopes. I am not uh, getting encouraging signs that they are. What? Yeah. They're, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of making some notes. I'm going to write a piece about it. But um, I'd love to hear your thought on the three-on-three basketball as it relates to the Olympics, basketball, and if you think golf should possibly um, offer something like that to the IOC. Uh, or should it kind of hold its ground and and go with you know sixty players and stroke play and yeah you know, right that. Yeah. yeah so of course I'll start with golf and I'll start by chiding the powers that be hello the point of the Olympics is eyes on the TV screen like uh, now, I don't now. <laughs> know what what principles you think you are advancing this is a made for television event and it celebrates competition among nations so what about this crazy idea golf governing bodies how about coming up with a format that allows the players to compete as teams for their gosh darn countries the way that most of the rest of the olympics is competed I mean, well, is it you know, really that complicated, Mr. Shackelford? Golf, golf doesn't have any team events that anybody cares about, you know, and that that bring out any passion or any you know, enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, I know. No, yes. no, we don't have that. Exactly. Um, I love your. I I love it when Shaq does his his sarcasm thing. Jesus. Right. It's There's a, no. We don't have anything like a, a team event where people get super fired up and it's a highlight on the effing oh. golf calendar. Look, I'm not cursing Shaq. But yeah. come on, come yeah. on, guys. And obviously, I love the three-on-three competition. It's exactly yeah, okay. pro- appropriate for the Olympics. And I have been super into, I don't know if you've been watching any of the big three, uh, the three-on-three competition I, that is, I did. you know, this league uh, that, that's that been devised. You know, Ice Cube is kind of the champion of it. He doesn't right. get credit for the, for, for the entirety of it. But it's a wonderful TV event. And all these name players, all these ex-NBAers playing in it, quite brilliant, very shrewd. I've been enjoying it the hell out of it. And, and the format permits all kinds of interesting innovation in terms of, you know, the big three has a couple of spots for four-point shots. Like, who knows how they're going to uh, play it in yeah. the Olympics? But but that's that's the well, point. 
And that was fascinating. They they introduced the three-on-three in the Olympics without really many details. And the golf people's point has always been, oh, the IOC wants they wants they want to know all the details. They want to have examples of how this championship is played. Uh, you know, talking about different formats, let's say, or a you know, let's say a team event. And and then here goes the IOC just rolling out this stuff without really even working out the details because they know that they need to do some of these things and people are intrigued by them and and they have plenty of examples like a beach volleyball and other sports to to point to that have turned out to be fantastic Olympic sports. You know what the real problem house is besides Tell the team me. thing? Tell me. Tell me. The ultimate place for golf in the Olympics really is the long drive. I mean, it accomplishes uh, all the things that the Olympics are about, um, and and those are the those are the real athletes. And and by the way, I think long drive in the Olympics would be an absolute. Uh, it would it would be it would be a huge hit. I really do believe that. The problem is the people who are charged with all this really don't represent the golfers of the long drive world. They represent the golfers of the pro tours. And as far as the IOC knows, that's who they want uh, to have there. And I get that. But uh, I think that, that long drive would be a sensational Olympic sport. And uh, that, that they have no thirst for, for trying to introduce that. And by the way, House, there was long drive in the Olympic Games uh, way back when. There, there was a, uh, that was part of the part of the collection of events so they actually I, had sort of a semi skills challenge that's so. super cool i had yeah. no idea that you were going to suggest that we we always exchange notes in advance of these shows um you just caught me a little bit flat-footed and mildly well, speechless i absolutely yeah. adore that idea but i would like it both a team competition uh you know over the over a course as well as long drive i, can, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. golf can accommodate both and, and i think you know, the singular skill set of the long drive, you know, is is obviously akin to, you know, singular skills, especially parallel. Like in, in, yeah. Yes, um, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Or in the Winter Olympics with, you know, um, you know, some of the, those those uh, skating events or, you know, the, the ski events, uh, you know, the long jump. Right. The thing that would be really cool in the long drive is you would set it up in a, in a place that has a an interesting uh, look to it you, you you know the landing area would not just be some field you do it you do it in a place that's really cool so we'll see but i'm gonna work on my my concept is nine hole matches two man teams two women teams uh playing for their countries playing match play um and uh and you know i think i've told you many times and i've written about it many times the the one difference would be um they, they would play the ball down. They would not be able to uh, put the ball in their pocket. They would be able to mark it, clean it, put it back down, and then that would that would bring back the stymie. And you'd have sort of curling meets golf. And uh, and then the golf people would all say, well, that's ridiculous. And I would have to then remind them that Bobby Jones thought the stymie was going away. It was one of the worst things that ever happened in the game. And and then and I and then I win because I get I yielded I, I wheeled out Bobby Jones and you just can't go wrong when you wheel that wheel out Bobby Jones. <laughs> I um, love it. Get that column right, so out there. Last thing that I want to kick around with you. Yeah, um, this is the start of a conversation. Well, yes, because uh, House of Carbs, I'm I'm greatly enjoying the show, and I've, we've had many people want to know when we're going to sort of bridge. Uh, food and golf and you and I have discussed many times how fascinating it is that there are all these great chefs who love golf and yet golf has had a really bizarre relationship with food and I'll tell you what I'm picking up a lot now house and I if I were better organized I'd be keeping a list but I've had more and more people tell me recently that uh, in fact, a friend I went to school with just the other day said he just joined Brentwood Country Club because they have a pizza oven. They have all this cool food stuff they're doing, cause, and his kids love it. His wife loves it. And golf is starting to realize the importance of good food at a golf course um, and having unique items and different things. So I think it'd be fun over some shows here to find out people's uh, wishes and desires to hear from some of these chefs to hear about great drinks or great food items at courses and start highlighting this because I believe I don't need to tell you how important it is that uh, golf get on board here because the next generation really appreciates their food. Yours and my generation appreciates good food. 
And I think it's one of those things that you always hear people point to about how golf is, is stale. They go, oh, yeah, you go there and they got, you know, takes 20 minutes to order and the food's, you know, it's they, they put a ton of mayonnaise on the sandwich and it's it's like eating in 1960. Um, so. I, I threw out a number of different things. You can take that anywhere you want, but I think we 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 uh, we have an obligation now to uh, have a little synergy between the pods and start uh, talking some food. Yeah, Shaq. So first of all, let let's just make it pl- plain to the people, everybody, listeners out there. Let me tell you right now, we are absolutely going to be mashing up the Shaq House <laughs> with the House of. Carbs and Shaq, there's probably no better place to get started with that than New York City, where mm. you and I, I think if the stars align, we mm. are going to be together in in the in, in one of the world's all-time great eating places, the, the one of the be- very best places to eat on planet Earth. For the President's Cup, I think our, our schedules are going to permit us to be together, and we might even have an opportunity to talk to some of the famous and not-so-famous chefs up there that love the game of golf. Yeah, so that's good. one place where there's going to be some mashing up. But we, I, your, your overall observation about um, courses you know, sort of raising their food game and the profile of food – uh, kind of elevating and distinguishing um, facilities is definitely out there. It's happening. Yeah. We're getting that feedback. I, my own self, took a picture, and I didn't post it on the social media. I was okay. saving it for the right moment. I had this salad last week. Now, I'm a prepared to take the criticism for the salad, but let me tell you, there's a little method to my madness, Shaq. I had a, sha- a salad before my round out at, at Friar's Head because I like to keep it light when I'm on my feet out there. Right. I'm not yeah. walking around with a great big bacon cheeseburger. That's for after the round. Pre-round salad, fresh seasonal vegetables with, listen to this, a seafood burger on top. Wait, wait, it was wait, a wait, wonderful wait, combination. Wait, wait. What happened a, to light? Wait, wait, wait. No, well, look, no listen. This is a, it was light. It was a, it was a wonderful sh- combination of shellfish. There was some shrimp, some scallop, and there's, there was one other element to it, perhaps some crab. Very lightly bound together and very gently fried, Shaq, on top of these wonderful seasonal vegetables. Very light yeah. and kept me right on my feet, yeah. precisely in the frame of mind and frame of belly for an opening 941, yeah. Jeff Shackelford. So that's how happened? we do it. Did that's you start drinking? Of course, turn, what, of course okay. I did. That's yes. what went Goes wrong. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't expect anything less from from a Ken Baxter operation to have great food. But uh, uh, what what should we be asking people for? House should we be asking their 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 most unique uh, golf course drink? Should we go with, with oh food we have item? to have we need uh, the drinks? But Shaq, look, this is we we on on House of. Carbs. We call this belly sourcing, <laughs> and we can have belly sourcing, not belly putter sourcing, but okay. belly sourcing for the shack house. Shack and we'll, let's just have you know. I'm on. I'm on at the. Look, I'm telling you. Last week, a good friend of mine t- uh, uh, sent me pictures of of. He said, "Look at this," and it's of course it's a it's an effing hamburger inside a bun. And I said, "You son of a gun, are you out at Olympic right now?" Yeah. And he said, "Yes, I yes I am." Yeah, I, I said, "You so." But right, of course. I mean, this is the thing. So if there is a food item that is uh, notorious to your joint, send it along. We could talk about it right here on the Shack House. Yeah, maybe we'll keep a running list on the uh, Callaway community and start. Because, yeah, I mean, I can only uh, hear about the uh, the Bill Burger there at, at Olympic. Uh, it is a Bill Burger, right? I'm drawing a blank. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a Bill. You're uh, right. I mean, it is, it is the perfect food item. The way it's designed, the way it's executed, the way it tastes, the way you get the smell when you're out there on the golf course from the grill. I mean, everything about it is the it's the standard bearer. But there need to be more of those at golf courses. Uh, I, think public, private, I think they exist. Just, yeah, they do. And there are more places that have their own garden now, so you get you get the fresh stuff. Um, and it's 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 exciting. But I'm anxious to hear what some of these chefs who love golf think when they go to these places about the food. They have to just cringe sometimes uh, when when a place has you know access to uh, 200 acres and they have a they have a, a you know an agronomy staff and they could have their own uh, grow their own stuff. They must just roll their eyes at at, at how bad some of the the food can be uh, sometimes. But 
I think it's exciting. And what the other thing that's interesting too to me, House, is if it would be great to see golf kind of move in the direction of the way restaurants have moved, which is, I mean, I think you right now in terms of of whatever city you're in, in terms of service, food, the execution, it's astounding how good restaurants are in this, at least in the United States. And I, and I found, and then Scotland too, recently, some just great places and where compared to where they used to be in terms of service, quality, freshness. And, and it's one of those things that the, the dining experience is a lot like the golf experience. And, you know, there's just so many, I think they're, they're, they have a lot of parallels, the, the architecture, the, the way things play and, 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 uh, ebb and flow and, and how it's presented and all that um, yeah. is fascinating. And they're similar right. art forms in a way. The the presentation of a, of a of a meal at a restaurant and the presentation of a golf course. And uh, so, anyhow. We, but yeah, let's, so let's, uh, people, please, send us uh, some, some stuff to, to chew on. What a perfect way to end it, Shaq. All right. Let's close it with some exciting news from the world oh, yeah. of Odyssey Golf. Odyssey... The number one putter in golf by far and continues to dominate with the most worldwide putter wins of any putter brand this year. New from Odyssey is the new O-Works Red and O-Works Black putters. We have received, and by we I mean we, the good people at Odyssey, have received extensive feedback from Odyssey staff pros the O-Works red and black putters offer new head shapes and new finishes coupled with the top spin generating micro hinge insert to help all golfers make more putts. The O-Works red and O-Works black will be in stores this week, Shaq. Yeah. August the 4th. Until then... Get yourself onto the interweb. Explore the O-Works Red, the O-Works Black at odysseygolf.com. Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Red putter, white belt. That's how we do it on the Shack House. On the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.